Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast and we've got an absolute treat for you today talking to Rachel Jensen of ECI Development. Uh, Rachel is the Vice President of Sales, also works in Teak Hardwoods as well. But today we're going to be focusing on the international property market. What's been going on abroad? Completely aware that most people listening to this are going to be UK investors. They're going to know what's going on economically here in the UK, but we're going to get an international perspective today. So that's going to be really, really insightful. Rachel, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Robert. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. This is a really interesting topic, at least I think so. And I think that being a lot of your listeners are from UK, they're going to enjoy the country that we're talking about as well. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And I don't like date stamping uh, podcasts. It's something you know, we get told not to do. But we are recording this on US Election Day. Um, so mm. by the time you, people listen to this, you know that would have sorted itself out, hopefully, one way or another. But it's going to be good to get a feel of what's going on, you know, in the international real estate as such. But before we dive into that, Rachel, give us a little bit of history uh, about yourself and, and what made you arrive in, in Belize. How did you come to do the role that you're currently doing? Sure. So I'm originally from New York and made my way over to Pennsylvania for college. While I was in college, I was on the pre-med route, anticipating to be a dermatologist at some point. So uh, in between my sophomore and junior year, I went down to Nicaragua on a medical mission trip. It was a summer term and I spent a good bit of time down there. And while I was in Nicaragua, I really just fell in love with the country and the culture. I was also taking Spanish in school, so I liked being able to use another language. And when I got back to school, I was like, you know, I don't know if pre-med's the route I wanna go. I was shadowing doctors and physicians and just didn't really like being in four walls all day long. So I was looking at options, ultimately applied for the US Peace Corps. I got placed to teach English in Panama. And during that time, I was graduating in May, would have been going after Peace Corps in January. It left a good six months to actually do something. And so the career advisor who was on our, our trip down to Nicaragua a couple of years prior said, I know you really enjoyed your time in Nicaragua. There's a development company down there. They're taking interns for three months. Why don't you go down there, take an internship with them? You'll go back to the States, then go off to Panama for the Peace Corps. So I had taken no business courses. You know, I was familiar with real estate in the sense that my grandfather uh, was a real estate investor, but never took any you know, business courses or any accounting or any of that when I was in school. So I was a little unsure of what I'd be doing during the internship, but I ended up getting accepted for the internship and anticipated to spend three months in Nicaragua and then come back to Panama or go to the States and then ultimately go back to Panama. And it just, none of that went as planned. I stayed in Nicaragua, stayed with the development company, been with them since it's been over eight years at this point and really just fell in love with the company, with what the company was doing. In addition to the developments that they had in Nicaragua, they had properties in Panama and Belize and Costa Rica and looking to expand in countries like Ecuador and Argentina to really create this robust profile of international real estate for international investors and people who wanted to relocate. And I just love the philosophy of offering consumers a choice being versus saying we have this one property in this country and this is perfect for you because of XYZ. Instead, we have the opportunity to listen to what the client was looking for and then be able to offer them a selection of products based on what their interests were. So I fell in love with, with the, con the company, what they were doing in the countries. Uh, after that internship, I took on a, a full-time position with them 
and was actually spending a lot of time here in Belize. And it, while I was in Belize, we were really starting to build our team here. We had a tired old resort that was operating, but we were starting to build one of our, our off-beach communities. So I came down to Belize frequently um, from Nicaragua to Belize and back and forth, ultimately wanting to spend more time in Belize and needing to spend more time in Belize because we were building that team and putting together a group to have here on site. And I just, you know, really fell in love with it. I fell in love with, with the, the people in the environment. Belize is a Caribbean country. So you have that colorful Caribbean charm that you find in the other sort of Caribbean countries. But what you find here that I haven't found in other Caribbean countries is the friendliness and warmness of the locals. And there's a lot of awesome synergies between the locals and the expats and the tourists. People are going to the same places. We drive golf carts on the island that I'm located on. It's just a really sort of fun lifestyle here and very family focused which is something very different than what we actually have in the state. So I, I've been down here for a little bit over eight years now and just thoroughly enjoying it. I'm on an island called Ambergris Key. San Pedro is the primary town. Um, it's one of the, the top tourism and expat destinations in the country, but it's it's delightful. If, you, if you're not familiar with it, Google it as you're listening to this, but Ambergris Key or San Pedro Belize, it's, it's a truly stunning Caribbean island. Uh, yes, I, I mean, I've, I, I say yes because I'm agreeing with you because I've seen the photos. I, I've never been to Belize uh, myself, but I have done extensive traveling you know, in and around Central America. So, you know, going to the southern part of Mexico, uh, Guatemala, you know, Nicaragua, those sort of areas. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, go Google some photos um, of, of Ambergis Keys. It's, uh, yeah, it'll make you want to go on holiday, especially in these winter months if you listen to this in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's very, very true. You know, here we have that tropical climate. It's, you know, mid 80s most of the year during the winter months. It goes to low 80s, maybe high 70s. But it's a delightful place, especially as it's getting colder in, in those northern countries. Without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Rachel, it's, I mean, it's quite a fascinating your backstory there. And you just touched on a multiple, uh, you know, multiples of countries there, as well as, you know, as you say, from New York. So you're very familiar with the United States, of course, um, in, in terms of how you found, and I'm just going to say from March 2020, because, you know, COVID and all that mumbo jumbo, how have you found the market's reaction um, in, in general and, the, and then the clients that you've been dealing with since March? What What's their outlook been and, you know, what sort of trends have you seen internationally? It's truly been incredible. You know, when COVID hit and there were all of these lockdowns and people weren't able to travel. I mean, there was one point where I was like, I'm not going to have a job in a couple of months if this doesn't rebound because we deal with a lot of clients who come to the country, want to see what they're investing in or own in, but it was the complete opposite. We have had uh, more sales in the past six, seven months than we've had since I've started with the company in 2012. And I think a lot of that is due to the fact that people want options. You know, being locked down makes you realize that you should have done something previously. And I think we all believe that at some point travel will resume, whether there's a new normal or whatever that normal looks like, we will be able to go to another country, we'll be able to spend time there. And so what people are looking at is, is having options. And now, you know, since people have been home for a little bit of time, maybe some people weren't working, maybe you just couldn't leave the house. So people had a little bit of extra time to start researching or to continue researching and find options 
things that worked for them. So, you know, while I was fearing in the beginning that I wouldn't have a job, we've been working you know, more hours than ever, making sure that we are helping our clients find properties that best fit what they're looking for. And I think, you know, going back to it, it really just comes back to this concept of wanting a plan B, wanting options, wanting to be able to serve a marketplace that when it does rebound, you'll have something for them. And so most of our clients, our newer clients over these past six, seven months, I'd say, you know, maybe about 50% of them have actually visited this part of the world before the other 50% are familiar with the country or have been doing research on the countries, um, have either heard about us through podcasts or other means and are just looking to do something now. And I've had a lot of people say, well, I'm going to wait until the real estate market, you know, goes down. We haven't seen a decrease in prices. We've actually seen some project stops just because they didn't have the funding lined up in order to continue with the development of it. Um, but we have not seen prices decrease here. And a lot of you know, the developments, if they had the, the opportunity to keep going, they would. Otherwise, they just pause and will resume um, as this new normal continues. But you know, I haven't seen any of those killer deals that people have been waiting for. And so I think that you know, now more than ever, it makes a lot of sense to just get yourself lined up with, with options overseas. And you know, Belize is a former British colony. It's, a, it's part of the Commonwealth now. And I think that because English is the official language here. It's built on the common law system. A, a lot of Americans, I can tell you that, and even people from, from Britain have been looking at Belize or moving to Belize or coming down here for, for some reason, um, because there is that familiarity concept as well. Totally understandable that, and that's something that um, Mike and I spoke about on a previous episode as well. It's, it's quite a, a unique place, it's Belize, just in terms of the the fact that the main language is English, uh, whereas everywhere else, the main language, you know, is Spanish. Certainly on a you know the Central American plateau, um, I, I, I find a lot of interesting things. Uh, you know, I think we could take a, a lot of interesting things from what you just said there, Rachel. But the question I wanted to ask you is, with your current client base that you've got, um, do you think a lot of people have been continuing to invest in in real estate or purchase real estate in in Belize also because they might be you know, transferring their funds from, I don't know, let's say they might be taking their money out of the stock market, for example, and putting it into what they perceive as a more secure asset class. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it just goes back to that simple concept of diversification. And, you know, today is U.S. Election Day. I don't know what's going to happen to the stock market. I know that over the past six, seven months, the stock market has you know, done surprisingly well. So what we've seen, especially over the time that people are making money, is they're taking the, the profit out of the stock market and putting it towards a more solid investment. And, you know, real estate is one of those investments that I'm very bullish on. My family and my grandfather, you know, built his little empire by owning real estate. And so I see a lot of value in it personally. And so I think as a lot of people are looking at their options, they're looking, you know, for a way to secure their funds. You know, nobody wants to keep it there, all their funds in the bank. Nobody wants to put all of their funds in one place. And so to be able to just have a simple diversification method. And if you're able to do that in a beautiful country in paradise, maybe earn some rental income from it, then even better. But absolutely, I think that that's a, a big reason why people are, are moving funds outside of their home country, or at least outside of a banking institution or system, is because we just don't know what's going to be happening with those systems. Too true, too true. It's uh, 
quite uh, almost scary, I think, uh, what what I think the world's going to sort of look like in a few years' time. And that's just from an economic, you know, point of view. I think that's quite concerning. Um, but, I'm, you know, I think I must be one of few people that can see that, um, you know, speaking to a few people recently um, who have you know, some, a couple of people involved in the financial side here in the UK. And they've said similar, that they're looking yep. at the markets and, you know, they are very concerned because all people are doing or governments or you know central banks just printing 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 yep. and mm-hmm. yeah that's going to lead to not just recessions i mean obviously you know the virus is the virus but you know it's going to lead to people are saying it could be you know, could possibly be as bad as it was in the 30s and uh, 1930s there uh, in the great depression so i'm just curious to know if, if you've had you know if if yourself or any of your clients have had any sorts of thoughts on on the the general economics and if that's helped their reasoning about buying real estate oh yes absolutely and you know i'm from <laughs> the united states and you know taxes i don't know what it's like in the uk but taxes always seem to come up in general conversations regardless if you're having it with your grandparents your best friends regardless people are always managing to bring up taxes and when you look at the past six seven months and you have seen all of this new capital injected into the economy the only way, one of the only ways they're going to be able to recoup that money is through an increase in taxes. So what we're seeing is while a lot of people are thinking about their plan B, they're looking to have assets in another country, they're also looking at ownership of real estate as a landing pad, where if it just to get if it just gets to be unbearable in their home country, you know, if it, if, if it's not a place, if it's not economically working out for them anymore, well, then at least they'll be able to move overseas or spend considerable amount amount of time in another country and be able to live in a place where they feel like they are financially able to afford. And so that's that's definitely a consideration. I mean, just all across the board, we've seen people owning real estate for different reasons, you know, not just since COVID, but since our company's been around for over 20 years at this point and since the inception of that. And one of the drawing forces has driving forces has always been not being able to keep up with your retirement. Um, you know, after you retire, there's just not enough money in your retirement savings. And so looking to stretch the dollar or stretch the pound or stretch the euro, wherever it is you're listening in from, has also been an important part of it. So now with with COVID, with all these extra expenses and these extra, you know, the extra money that's coming out, I think it makes a lot of people nervous because we just don't know what, what the economy is going to look like. We don't know what the ta- new taxes are going to look like. And so it's it's best just to say, all right, well, if I want to spend time in another country, if I'm able to you know, be a non-resident of my home country and become a resident somewhere else, that may be better for me financially. So we're, we're seeing many different reasons why people are owning real estate overseas. Belize tends to be one of the most popular uh, for many reasons. But, you know, we talked about English and the common law. Uh, we do see that those are, are two of the biggest. It's comfortable. It's comforting to know that you know what sort of um, environment you're coming into. Moving on into a bit more about Belize itself, and again, we'll put links in the show notes. I mean, I'd always say to people, as lame as it sounds, go on Wikipedia the country, because uh, you know Wikipedia normally comes up with uh, some decent information uh, there. 
But uh, in, t- in terms of what's going on, I was, my, my biggest question I'd have, Rachel, uh, just off the back of what season it is out there, is uh, people might be familiar of having four different seasons, spring, summer, winter and autumn or, or fall, as you would say in, in the US. But when, mm. when we're talking about sort of Central America, it's normally a wet season and a dry season. Can, can you just go through that and, and, you know, is Belize hurricane prone? What, what sort of uh, things do people have to look out for um, when they're thinking about investing in that area? Sure, so we are on the Caribbean side of Central America. We're located about 200 miles south of Cancun. If that helps put it into perspective, the country's small, um, say about the size of Massachusetts, I apologize, that's a US reference, but it's it's quite small. The general population is about 380,000 people. Um, you know, give or take a little bit, but it's it's quite a small country. There are six different districts within the country and there are different popular places for expats and tourists within Belize. The islands, Ambergris Key, for example, Key Cocker, uh, San Ignacio, which is more a jung- in mainland jungle sort of setting, Placencia, which is on the mainland, a beach, com- a beach town, and then Corozal, which is a beach town over by the, the border of Mexico. And so because of our location geographically, we do get rainy season and we do get dry season and typically from about july through about middle of november it is considered rainy season and we do get hurricanes every now and again Um, you know i think when you're looking at international real estate it is important to know where you're located in the world and what sort of natural disasters could happen there and you know it's not uncommon in the states we have we have um, earthquakes in california we have hurricanes in, in in louisiana and texas and florida and so what you do is you you look for developments that are built to meet the elements and withstand the elements um so hurricanes are not a big deal here people understand it's coming they understand it's rainy season and so what you do and what's important for you as an investor is just making sure that you are buying or owning something that is hurricane proof and there's a great guide that we like to reference it's called the global property resource kit or the consumer resource guide it's the same document but within that guide we have 15 must ask questions when looking at property overseas and it covers these sort of questions things that you may not think to ask when you're looking at property in another country and you're able just to go to the show notes and you can get the link for that global property resource kit directly which has those 15 must ask questions but you know these are considerations you do have to think about when you're looking for property abroad you know our, our company believes in longevity and we've, we've been around for over two decades at this point and so when we're building in another country it's important for us to build to the standards uh, to be able to with it with withstand the elements around us so all the properties are built hurricane proof nicaragua the properties are built to seismic standards it's just the reality of of where you live but um, I think that, you know, that's, that's obviously something to consider when you're looking at, at property in Belize, you know, and also understand, especially if you're coming from a developed nation, that Belize is a developing country. Uh, I know people would say third world. I think they've changed that, that, that term to be developing nation. But regardless, you understand what I'm saying is it's not doesn't quite have the infrastructure that places in the UK have or places in North America have. So you just have to understand that, too, as you're coming down. Um, you know, where we're located, where I'm on Ambergris Key, and here, because it is such a popular tourism location, we tend to see that more resources are put 
into developing the island. So we have fiber optic internet. You know, we have hot and cold water. It sounds so silly to say, but you know, you, when you're looking at different developments, especially in developing countries, having the hot and cold water is not standard. So you need to make sure you're asking those questions. That's in the global property resource kit too. But um, you know, just going into that, and if you're planning to live in these countries, um, understand, this is one of my favorite phrases that my friend uh, told me when I first moved to Belize, is pack your patience. You know, pack your patients, understand that processes and procedures are still being worked out. Belize is a young country. They gained their independence from Britain in 1981. So there's still a lot that they're sort of figuring out. They've, you know, luckily been smart about the development and the structure of their government by just kind of kind of cherry picking the laws that they liked from other countries, but do understand that it is young and there is still the kinks that are being worked out. Things take a little bit longer. Uh, there may be a few more potholes than you're used to, but it's, you gotta look at it like an adventure. It's a, a fantastic place. And because it is still fairly you know, primitive to some degree, that means there's also really great opportunity for forward thinking investors and people who like to get in before the market plateaus. Like, Costa Rica, for example, I mean, Costa Rica has been in the marketplace for 25, 30 years. And a lot of people, when they think of Central America, their mind goes to Costa Rica because it's been around for so long. But when it get, when you get to actually looking at property there, you realize it's, it's fairly expensive because it has been so exposed to the marketplace over the years. So if you're a forward thinking investor, you see opportunity you know, before it explodes, then I think that Belize is a place you'd, you'd certainly want to consider. Just for UK uh, listeners as well, I have to point out, you mentioned uh, Belize being roughly the size of Massachusetts. Uh, to put a, a UK perspective on that, that is just a little bit bigger than what Wales is. So just so you have a rough idea of the size of Belize. Uh, in terms of, you mentioned there Costa Rica as well. And as something I noticed uh, traveling actually through there in 2015 is that you know, going from Panama into Costa Rica, everything in Costa Rica was just uh, just a lot more expensive. Um, yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that, to be fair. And then popping into Nicaragua, and this was talking to other travellers at the time, that people were saying that, you know, Nicaragua is equally as good, if not better than Costa Rica, because it has everything that Costa Rica has. It's just relatively less known. So I think, is, is that a fair comparison to say about Belize as well, that, that, that everything's there? And it's developing it's just not as well known or as well tested as, as costa rica yes and you know i would say probably you know more of a, a better comparison would even be like a bermuda or aruba like before bermuda and bahamas and aruba were what they are today I mean, think about it 20 25 years ago belize it's still in that development stage for for sure and I, when i say compare it to Aruba or Bahamas, it's not, you know, an equal comparison in a sense because those countries are much further along than Belize, but it's if as if you were looking at those countries 20, 25 years ago. Like I know you look at you look at real estate in Aruba or real estate in Bahamas now, and for a nice piece of real estate, whether overlooking the beach or just a couple of blocks from the beach, it's expensive. And you know, expenses expensive is a relative term, but uh, when we were doing some market research for uh, properties in Bahamas and for our Marriott project here, 
Um, there's the Atlantis. I'm guessing most people have heard about the Atlantis. It was recently uh, branded a Marriott, but there was a, a one one bedroom, one bath studio setup uh, that was for sale at the Atlantis waterfront, and it was being offered for a little bit less than six thousand U.S. So sorry, I don't have that in, in pounds, but six six hundred thousand U.S. dollars is what that was going for. Uh, and then when we look at the Marriott project here, um, the Marriott residences and resort. There's beachfront studios roughly the same size for about 300,000. So there's still a significant amount of opportunity. And I think comparing Costa Rica to Nicaragua is definitely fair. They have very similar geographies. Um, Nicaragua is a fraction of what, of what Costa Rica costs. And then when you compare Belize to other Caribbean nations, you do see that there's a fraction of the cost there too. So you know, Belize, uh, it's, it's an interesting place. It's very quirky is how I describe it. We don't have chain stores. Um, you know, I, I, I apologize that I don't know all of the stores in, in UK, but, you know, in the States we have um, Walmarts and Costco's or Sam's Club where you buy items in bulk. And, you know, we, we just don't have that here. We don't have chain stores. We had what we had Subway at one point in Belize City years ago. It didn't work. The franchise pulled out of the country. And since then, we've had mock um mock franchises we have instead of starbucks there's marbucks instead of subway <laughs> there was subway and subway sold sandwiches and heroes so that's you know the, the quirkiness that we see here and it's it's definitely moving towards a developed country but not quite there yet but as a result it means there's a tremendous uh, opportunity for investors and and people who are looking for a lifestyle that uh, you know is a little bit more adventurous I love the idea of Mar Bucks because obviously Mar in Spanish is C, isn't it? So it's it is. You know, that's that's <laughs> yep. fantastic. Yep, exactly, and it's it's beautiful. Guess what they serve their coffee and pastries. So it's uh it's a lot of fun. You you see those sort of that sort of quirkiness here in the country in, in Belize, but it's it's small and it's a charming charming place. And because it is a Caribbean country, you do have the colorful community. You have the brightly painted colored houses and shops. And we like I said before, we I'm on an island and uh, we're an island about 40 miles off the coast of Belize mainland. And on the island here, we drive golf carts. That's our primary mode of transportation. People drive or ride bikes or walk. Uh, they're minimal privately owned cars. The, the bigger cars are a lot more difficult to get on the island. And so it's just this really, this really charming, cute place. And also, I think one of the biggest draws here and really what got this island on the map is the fact that the Belize or the, the barrier reef, there's the, the barrier reef that parallels the island here and it parallels down to uh, Honduras and Roatan as well. But because we have the reef, I mean, I look out of our, our office window here and the reef is about a quarter mile off the coast of our Ambergris Key shoreline. So as you look out, you can see the waves that are coming in from the reef and it's just spectacular. But that reef is a huge draw for people. You know, the fishermen and the divers and snorkelers, you go out on any given day to any of the about over a hundred dive and snorkel sites and you will see a tremendous amount of fish and the nurse sharks and the stingrays and turtles, sea turtles and starfish and seahorses. And that's you know pretty much a, a generality of what you would see just going out on a normal snorkel. So uh, it draws a lot of people in for that reason, but as a result of it being such a friendly and welcoming place, we've seen a lot of you know families and non-water people come down as well just to get some R&R. 
with regards to research and you know, people, you know, I, mean, I know people that get concerned about moving, you know, 20 minutes down the road in the same city, let alone, you know, moving to a different country. But do you find with your uh, clients uh, who, you know, they sound like they're economically astute, which is fantastic because, you know, they can see what's coming as well. But do you find that um, a lot of them have have a lot of fears about moving abroad or are you able to help? you know, educate people now and help facilitate processes like maybe like looking at dual citizenship and, and, and things like that. Yes, absolutely. We are very happy to help people with that. Uh, we're actually doing a residency webinar tonight. I know that we, we don't like to, to timestamp the, the um, presentations, but if anybody wants a copy of that, if you're listening afterwards, we'd be happy to send that over to you. But, you know, we really want to make it an easy process. Um, I'd say probably about 40% of our owners generally are looking at relocating, maybe not right now, but at some point in the future. And so we can help them get that residency or get that citizenship or however it is they want to move forward. Uh, you know, I always recommend you don't, I wouldn't hide, I wouldn't recommend bringing all of your items down here unless you're doing a retiree residency and can get the items duty free into the country. Duties here and, and import fees can be a little bit pricey, but um, we can certainly help people with that process and, and chatting with the right people to make it happen. But I would say to answer your question, Robert, people, I mean, there's definitely a general fear when you're moving to a new country and spending time in a place where maybe you haven't spent considerable amount of time before. Or some people haven't even been to the country before. And I get a call and I'm like, all right, I'm moving everything. I got my, I got the registrations for my cat or my dog and I'll be there next week. Can you pick me up from the airport? And some of these people have never been here before. And, you know, if, if you're looking to to relocate. I would always recommend visiting a country before you come, but also keep in the back of your mind that the move doesn't have to be permanent. If it doesn't work out, then you can always go back home. You can always try another country. So you know, rent before you end up buying if you're thinking about relocating. But if you're thinking about investing, then you know it doesn't always matter what you, you would personally think. If you like the place, just think about the numbers. Is there the, the, the occupancy numbers here? Is the, the, there the tourism to support an income revenue coming in? But um, a, lot of, a lot of different ways to factor it, just depending on what you would be interested in. And, uh, and, and how you would want to move forward. It's a great point you make there, Rachel, about renting, you know, try before you buy yes. effectively. Because I know that, um, you know, from everything you've described and everything like that, you know, it sounds incredibly exotic. And you know, again, having been to, you know, roughly that part of the world, I, I can see why I know that I am the worst beach person in the world. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I would survive uh, too well being that close to the sea and, and that close to the <laughs> beach but you know uh, that's just that's the personal thing I'm sure there's many people out there that you know love that and uh, mm -hmm. when, when you say um, sort of rent before you buy I mean from your experience and the experience of working internationally what would you say is a fair time frame you know would you try it for a week and you're done would you try it for six months and that gives you a better idea of the lifestyle or would you recommend maybe a year because again you're looking at a six month sort of wet season a six month dry season how would you approach that sure i would say three to six months would probably you know, make a lot of sense um and you can always extend that you can always make it shorter but i would say three to six months on average would be good you could also do it you know at the tail end of one season going into another season 
Uh, and, you know, it's, it's important to see high season versus low season as well. High season is when it's nice and, and sunny and low season is, as you probably guessed it, when it's rainy. And so there are two very different feels on the island during those times. And it's funny because the people who, you know, who live here and have been here a while, they, in a sense, look forward to rainy season because it's slower. It's a little bit quieter in town. Uh, but, you know, high season is where businesses are making money. So, of course, they appreciate that as well. And when you're coming down, that also means if you're here during high season, there's usually more to do than there typically is during slow season or low season. But it, it just depends entirely on how much time you're able to, to take off. And I know, you know, one of the concepts, especially surrounding you know, the, the podcast is being a nomad and being able to spend time in other countries for however long. And especially if you're able to digitize your business or you can work from your computer and you have that sort of flexibility, then make it as long as you feel comfortable. But I would I would recommend about three to six months overall in, in each place and see how it goes from there. And one more question about sure. Belize in general, because obviously we're focusing on, you know, Ambergas Kai or sorry, Key, I should say, uh, you know, as he's pointing out, it's, an, you know, an island. So it's a small part of Belize. So what about the rest of Belize in general, obviously, you've travelled around there. Um, well, what feedback can you give to, to people that would want to explore other parts of, of the country? Yes, and that's a great question. I mean, I love all of Belize generally. I think it's a very beautiful country. It's small, but each of the different districts has something different to offer. So there are, of course, the islands. And, you know, I can tell you, I can tell you, Robert, I'm not much of an island person either. I'm here because of work and I've grown to enjoy it, but I'm like mountains, cooler climate, hiking. You know, I, the island is flat. The highest point here on the island is this little bridge to get over to the other side. So I totally understand. And every you know, once in a while, at least once a month, I try to take a trip to the mainland to get off. You know, island fever is real and you do what you got to do in order to avoid that. But I like to take trips over to the mainland and explore the different areas. And one of my favorite, and I think one that tends to be popular with folks, is the Cayo district. It's more of the jungly, a little bit of a cooler climate. You have rivers there and this jungle sort of landscape. San Ignacio is the primary town there in Cayo. And so that's where you tend to find a lot of these really awesome hotels and, and resorts and even just general places for people to stay for a longer period of time or a shorter period of time, just depending on, on what you're looking to accomplish. Another really neat part of the mainland is called Placencia. It's on the southern part of the country. It's on the waters and it's not as close to the reef. So Ambergris Key tends to get a lot of the divers and fishermen traffic because there's just awesome proximity to get to the different dive and, and fishing sites. Uh, Placencia, because it's further south, it's a little bit further from the reef. So it takes a little bit more time to get out there. But ultimately, it's where you tend to, it's like a, a even more laid back beach community than Ambergris Key is. So it's a little bit quieter from that sense, but still cute and charming as well. And uh, then in addition to that, there's the northern part of the country, a, another little beach community called Corozal. But we do see people like to spend time in Corozal because it's close to the Mexican border. So you can easily hop over the Mexican border and you know, do some big shopping at that Walmart or Sam's Club or whatever chain stores, uh, Home Depot. Like we don't have that here. So we have the mom and pop shops, which is neat because you're supporting locals. Um, but if you're looking for more of that mass sort of shopping, you can certainly do that over in Mexico. So, you know, San Ignacio is the Cayo area. Placencia is one of the other beach areas. And then Corozal is over by the border of, of Mexico. And then, of course, we have the Keys, Key Cocker and Ambergris Key. 
And uh, those are definitely more of the, the island sort of lifestyle, you know, no shirt, no shoes, no problem sort of motto. People walking barefoot on the beach and it's just very, very laid back and, and very charming. But yeah, there's something here for everyone, I would say. And you know, depending on, on what you like to do and how much time you want to spend in each of the sort of geographies, you can certainly do so because the country is quite small. Well, thanks for sharing that fascinating insight. I think it's really, you know, a lot of great information there. A lot of, you know, references again. We'll put a, a lot of stuff, uh, sorry, a lot of the things in the show notes as well. Uh, Rachel, just quickly going back to uh, sort of the economics, that's sort of the, the meat and potatoes of, of this episode as such. Going to ask you to look into your crystal ball um, mm-hmm. now. Uh, any economic predictions, housing predictions uh, in, in that part of the world for 2021, 2022? Sure. So uh, the country believes recently reopened for reopened its borders for tourism and second homeowners in October. Um, earlier in, in October, October 1st is when the borders reopened. And there were some pretty strict procedures for people who are coming in. They've since loosened them. So I think that people, you know, generally are going to start trickling in. It's definitely going to be a slower high season. So high season is typically about December through about May, June. And I think it's going to be slower compared to any years that we've had previously. But I do believe that end of 2021, so that high season of 2021 going into 2022, we are going to see an increase in people coming. And a lot of it is just this this proximity to North America. I've heard rumors that there are going to be direct flights at some point from Britain over from London, um, specifically over to Belize City. So it'll be easier for you and other Europeans to get over to the country, but I think that it will rebound. I think it'll take a couple of years to do so. But you know what? What we've seen from our investors is they're also looking for pre-construction projects because it doesn't make sense for them to own a property that's already built right now when there's not really the tourism to support their rental coming in. So they're looking for pre-construction projects that would be done in a year or year and a half or two years from now as we expect the market to rebound. And you know, we, as a development company, we work with a couple of different chain hotels. We work with Marriott, we work with Best Western, and there have just been a tremendous amount of reports and studies done that um, indicate that as people are starting to travel again, they're putting more trust in branded hotels versus Airbnbs. And that's because as a branded hotel, there are certain sets of procedures and protocols that you must follow. You know, Airbnb, it's a little bit more flexible. People say they're going to do it, but, you know, as a branded hotel, you must follow those those safety measures. And so there was a great article in, in Travel Pulse, I believe it was, that just looked at people's Google searches and based on the Google searches saw that as they were looking for holiday or vacation um, accommodations, they were looking in branded hotels. So I think that's also something important to note as well is, you know, trust a brand. Brands have been around for a long time. And you know, with, with a couple of opportunities, we have you own the, the condo and then it's just franchised with that brand's name on it. So there's a huge advantage to that, too. But overall, I think it is going to take a couple of years. I've known I've, I know I have family and friends who are so antsy to come back down and visit. The, the next group is coming down December 2020. So um, I think that it, it will slowly start again. People want to travel. People are getting tired of being cooped up. And as there is just more precautions i think in place and people feel safe to do so we will certainly see that rebound occur wonderful that's a 
Left me, you left me a bit speechless there, Rachel. I, I love the insight, and uh, I think uh, you know your contribution to the, you know, the international markets is is incredible. And you know, thank you for the insight that you've given us today. I think it's um, you know really really valuable. And, and again, a lot of lessons there, a lot of practical hints, tips as well for people that you know are looking a bit you know short, medium, and, and long term. So thank you very much for that. Of course, you're very, very welcome. And of course, we'd love for you to reach out. We have that Global Property Resource Kit, as mentioned. You can find that in the show notes. Then we also have Country Handbook. So Belize, obviously, for this one here. But we also have Costa Rica and Panama, Nicaragua, just depending on where you're looking. But I would, you know, I would certainly recommend Belize as a place for people to relocate or invest in. It's, a, it's an amazing country. I'm happy to send you more information about it, videos, photos, anything to help you get a little more acclimated to, uh, to this wonderful location. But uh, I would certainly recommend when you're able to come down and, and visit us as well and you get to see what, what the hype about Belize is really about. 100%. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Got some uh, plans in the next couple of years to start exploring uh, you know, relocation to Mexico because uh, that's where Mrs. Is, is from. And, you know, like the idea of being out of the, the cold and the miserableness of a European winter, uh, to yeah. be honest with you. So lovely. Um, as Rachel, we'll put all the necessary uh, links to the documents, etc. in the show notes. Um, any final words of wisdom? Uh, no, nothing specific, but you know, just generally, I think that, of course, you're wise for listening to podcasts like this. And Robert, you're doing a great job at getting awesome information out there for people to listen to and, and tune into. And you know, at the end of the day, when we're looking at our portfolios and understanding what the next best step is, remember diversification. And we hear that all the time. We hear the old adage, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And I think now as we see the world as a changing place and it's becoming in a sense a lot more global it's easy not 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 always easy but easier to access opportunities and i know when i first started looking at at property um i was in the states and you know i, I loved going to open houses i would be like five years old and going to open houses with my mom and just we weren't even in the market for a new house but we just really enjoyed doing that and i always thought that owning real estate overseas was something for the ultra wealthy. And I think that I thought that because in all of those, you know, celebrity magazines or shows, you hear about these celebrities having mansions and hundred million dollar homes in other countries. And, you know, they have this wonderful vineyard mansion in Italy and it only costs 250 million euros or whatever it is. And so there was never really the talk about affordable real estate for people who aren't celebrities, for people who aren't bringing in millions of dollars every year. And I think that's, you know, one reason why I was drawn to this company, at least, is there's real estate that's affordable for people. There's financing available for folks. And so it just makes it a lot more easier to access and uh, makes it you know fun as well, because you realize that you can get involved in the, the real estate market. You can own properties by the beach or on the beach, and it doesn't have to be you know, completely out of your price range. It's, it's affordable and it can be attainable as well. And life's about having fun at the end of the day, regardless of what's going on. We should always aim to, you know, walk around with a smile on our face, or if not, put uh, try and put a smile on someone else's face and, and make their day. So I think that's an important factor as well. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So with that being said, um, we'll make sure that there are the show notes. We'll have the Belize handbook for you all and then the Global Property Resource Kit, if anybody who's listening is interested in seeing that. But they're great resources, you know, one of our big 
um, goals for our company is to make sure that we're educating first and foremost. Because if you're you're not familiar with the, the country or you know you, you just want to learn more about it, that's that's human nature to be curious about these locations. We have resources. Read the material. Read the white papers. Read the resource guides, and I think that you'll be thoroughly impressed. I totally agree. I've had a good read through all of them myself, and I can say I can highly recommend them having done that as well. But uh, Rachel, uh, you know, a massive thank you for your time. Thank you for shedding some light on what's going on internationally. And you know, I look forward to uh, catching up in Belize uh, as and when time allows us to do so. Fantastic. Well, looking forward to it, Robert. Thank you, everybody, for listening and hoping to see you in sunny Caribbean Belize at some point. Bye-bye.